Hello, friends, and welcome to the Optimized Advisor Podcast, where we focus on optimizing the well-being and best practices of insurance and financial professionals today. On this show, our objective is to help you optimize your life, optimize your profession, and learn from other optimized advisors. I'm your host, Scott Heinela. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Good afternoon, Norm. Scott, it's great to be with you. It, this is fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join our podcast today and have a healthy conversation regarding some best practices for advisors and to learn a little bit more about your organization, the Covenant Group. Thank you for that. So let me do the proper. Uh, Norm Trainer is president and CEO of the Covenant Group, referred by many as the business builder. Uh, TCG, the Covenant Group, specializes in helping financial services organizations grow market share and increase productivity by improving the practice development capability of their owners, managers, advisors, and agents. Norm is also an international speaker and the author of best-selling books. Number one, the best, the eight best practices of high-performing salespeople, the entrepreneurial journey, and number three, the business builder. I've read two of the three. I've not read business builder, so maybe if uh, barring time, we can we can digest that a little bit. Yeah. And I know that the organization has made a significant investment in not just printed copy and in-person copy, but also their digital footprint and digital presence. Yeah. Which kudos to you. We we've I, I've I've started to unpack that a little bit, but so much more to get involved with and immerse myself in with that uh, regard. Thanks, Scott. So, yes. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show today. Let, let, let's let's get started. Talk to me a little bit about the Covenant Group, kind of the evolution over the over the few few years. I say that a little bit in jest. <laughs> uh, I like your sense of humor. Uh, well, it, it, as you know, I've been doing this work for six decades, so I have a lot of uh, wear on uh, on my tires. Uh, and as we've discussed. Uh, the, the vast majority of our work is with financial advisors, and that's across the full spectrum of, of financial services professionals. Uh, and helping advisors thrive is at the core of everything we do with the Covenant Group, Scott. We work with advisors to design the business that is right for them so they can leverage systems, processes, and approaches that drive revenue and measurable results. Whether an advisor is a business of one or of many, we focus on what matters so they can attain what matters. A successful career, a sustainable and growing business, a powerful legacy, but probably most important, fulfillment for themselves and the people they care about. And as you know, we use a best practices model. So I'll be glad to discuss with you what our experience is in terms of best practices that separate the best of the best in financial services. Yeah. So in years past, the organization was definitely what I would classify as, you know, hands-on in-person training. This is 15 ish years ago, right? Where you had, yes. you know, the printed version of, of your practice management solutions program, which I can remember was Excel spreadsheets and CDs and a, That's a right. really big yeah. book. You know, uh, and you, in one of our previous conversations recently, you were talking about the major investment that the firm has made in in a full online platform 
that's taken all of that that wealth of knowledge and expertise that's proven over the decades and put it into today's day and age? Yeah, very much so. Uh, in, in our business, we have two streams, Scott. We have direct to consumer. We work directly with financial advisors across North America and uh, internationally. And as you highlighted, we work with uh, partners. They might be financial institutions or organizations like yours to bring value to the advisors uh, with whom you work. So we have those two streams and, and uh, our business has evolved. There are actually three aspects to the work we do. So one is uh, coaching, which is the core of, of our work. And, and that's, as I mentioned, predominantly with financial advisors, but not exclusively. We work with advisors across uh, a spectrum, uh, financial advisors, uh, lawyers, accountants, consultants, real estate professionals, and people who are in the ecosystems that support those various uh, disciplines or sectors. So for example, uh, in financial services, we're heavily involved with fintechs and insurtechs. And as you know, that they are a growing presence uh, in financial services. So we do coaching, we do consulting, and we also do custom design. We, we design programs specific for organizations. But as I said, the core of our work is, is uh, coaching. And I just want to start with that. Uh, a comment that came up recently. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who I've known since we were together in university. And my friend uh, uh, has actually, he built a business to $54 billion of market capitalization. In, in the process, he became a billionaire. He's given away over $100 million. Uh, uh, he's a pretty amazing individual. And he said to me, you know, Norm, I don't get what you do. We've known each other for over 50 years and I don't get coaching uh, because coaching is about changing people and people don't change. And I said to him, coaching is not about changing people. Uh, coaching, in, in our experience, we already work with successful people. They want to get better. Coaching is about helping people optimize their capability. Interestingly, uh, your podcast is Optimized Advisor. It's really about optimization. So Definitely. our clients are already successful. They want to get better. And so a big part of our work is just in that regard. And what I mentioned to him is that, and uh, I'll just illustrate this because this is your part of the world. This is a book about Bill Campbell. And uh, my friend said to me, you know, well, successful people don't have coaches. Like, for example, Steve Jobs of Apple didn't have a coach. And I said, yes, he did. Bill Campbell was his coach. If you look at the most successful athletes, entertainers, business people, they all have coaches. One of our clients whom I've worked with for 30 years is one of the top performance coaches in North America. And he coaches uh, NBA players, as an example. He has three championship rings that his clients have given him uh, as uh, 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 an example of the contributions he's made. So our, so our work is about 
helping the best of the best. And in it, what we've done is really looked at best practices. What differentiates the highest performing advisors from the average? And when you ask a high performer what makes them successful, they would readily tell you. However, when you observe what makes them successful, it is usually not what they tell you. Most high performers tend to focus on their product technical knowledge, their sales skills or influencing abilities, their personal charisma, or the, the, the depth and breadth of their network. All of those are important. That is not what differentiates them. What we found is that high performers differentiate themselves in the way they play three games. The first is the long game. High performers aren't thinking about today, this week, this month, this quarter. They're thinking one year, five years, 10 years or more uh, in terms of how they're going to build their business, what they're looking to create over time. Tomorrow, Scott, we're doing a podcast with uh, a longtime client whom I first started working with in 2008. And uh, in that time, he's grown his business from 857 million of assets under management to just under 14 billion. From 8.7 million in revenue to this year, he will be below just below 200 million. Wow. And if you ask him to talk about his business, he talks about where it's going to be 5, 10, 15 years from now. So the first is the long game. The second is the infinite game. In a finite game, you leverage your time, your energy, your creativity, and your intelligence. In an infinite game, you harness the time, energy, creativity, and intelligence of others. It doesn't matter whether you're a business of one or a business of many. It's the ability to, to leverage people, capital, and technology to grow your business. And then the third differentiator is your game. All of us are unique in our own ways. We have those things that are important to us. So those are the three games we focus on. But coming back to, to your question, We've had over 35,000 advisors go through our programs in the last 20 plus years. So I've started four businesses in the last six decades. The Covenant Group started in 1995. And I've always believed the narrower your focus, the bigger your opportunity. So we decided to focus in two ways. One was on financial services and in particular financial advisors. And the second one was to focus on the U.S. market because the U.S. economy is the most vibrant in the world. And that's where we saw the greatest opportunity. So when we started out, you know, back in the 90s, uh, it was uh, our, our program, The Eight Best Practices, which you're familiar with. The first version was paper-based. Mm -hmm. Then we developed CD-ROMs and, and uh, Excel spreadsheets. And that was a program you went through in 2004. So innovative. <laughs> <laughs> in 2005, we built our first technology platform. We invested over $3 million in that. We're now in, in that year alone. We're now in the fourth iteration of that platform. It's called Coach on the Go. And Coach on the Go 
is really designed to be the operating system for building a sustainable and robust advisory business. And it really has four cornerstones, strategy, structure, systems and processes, and financial management. And it's designed to integrate the strategic and the tactical planning and implementation and to enable advisors to grow their business over time. And it's based on two key adult learning principles, Scott. The first is adults learn when they have a need to know. Mm. And the second is that adults retain what they learn and are able to apply immediately. It's the adult learning rule of 72. If you learn something and don't apply it within 72 hours, you tend to lose it. So Coach on the Go is completely mobile enabled. You can use it on your iPhone, your iMac, your iPad, your computer. Uh, you could probably even use it on your iWatch if you wanted. Uh, it's really designed to be there to enable advisors to be effective in whatever they're doing at a point in time and to marry strategy and execution. You know, there's a lot of, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, I would say, first of all, uh, for the listeners, covenantgroup.com would be the website to go to, to listen, some observe and watch some of these videos and dive deeper into this content that Norm just described. Uh, you know, coaching is a, is a, is a very interesting conversation with advisors. Let, let's face it. Some of us have a little bit of an ego. So vulnerability is a challenge to us. Maybe acknowledging uh, a a areas of weakness where I would conversely say, to your point, this is about optimization. This is about learning and absorbing and being the best that we can be within our practice and in our trade. And we're all hungry for that. Uh, as, as you stated, the best the best of the best within business and within sports have coaches, maybe multiple coaches, but it's easier said than done to expose that, to allow myself to, to develop and grow into a coaching environment. What can you say about that? No, I think that's very true. Uh, you know, the mantra today is you have to do it yourself and you can't do it alone. And I think what happens for people who elect to work with a coach is they've already reached a level of success in their work and in their lives. And, and what they've recognized is that to go to the next level, they, they need to, to lean. To, in order to lean in, you have to lean on. They yeah. want to lean in more. They want to achieve more. You know, one of the ironies that, that I found, and, and as I said, I've been working with uh, advisors, agents, brokers, advisors since the 70s, uh, is a lot of successful people are surviving not thriving. They're successful. They may be making a six, seven, eight figure income stream, but they're on a, a, a wheel. They're like a gerbil on a wheel. Yeah, absolutely. They, they feel like the business is running them and uh, they, they don't feel mastery of, of their situation. I had an interesting conversation this morning with a client of mine who is uh, 63 years of age. And um, I've known him for a number of years, very successful. And uh, about, uh, well, I guess actually in November of last year, he ended up 
getting uh, COVID, uh, and he was uh, he was really um, quite ill. But in the process, what they discovered is that he'd had a heart attack about seven months before, and he didn't even know it. He is such a hard-driving individual. He experienced some pain or some discomfort. And uh, like a lot of successful people, uh, his success has been based upon being very driven, very focused, but at a cost. And that cost has been physical in terms of his overall health and well-being. Emotional. It's been emotional. It's been relational. And it's also been in his business because, uh, and he would uh, openly admit this, that at various times he's self-sabotaged. And uh, now he's really committed to getting every aspect of his life uh, at a point where he's thriving, self and health, family, relationships, work, and community. And as you know, when you look at those five areas, self and health, family, relationships, work, community, only one of them is a rubber ball. All of us have experienced setbacks, failure in our work. The successful people are resilient, they bounce back. But if we're not careful, at the altar of, of success, we can sacrifice our physical well-being, our, our family, our relationships, our, our, our sense of community. So, so our work is integrative. And I'll, I'll, I'll share a couple of examples with you, but uh, I wanna make sure we stay on your agenda. Uh, but I think that's such an important uh, point. And what, what a coach does is bring perspective. It, a coach provides perspective on our perspective. Yeah. And all of us need that, that feedback that can make such a difference uh, in, in terms of how we operate and, and optimize. Yeah, sometimes we're just, specifically in, in our space, it's like I'm, I'm hard charging, I'm head down, I'm going 110 miles an hour, and there's a lot of things that just I zoom right by. Yeah. You, you talked about emotional, physical health, well-being, finding balance in this kind of circular hamster wheel. Uh, and I'm pressing on this glass ceiling that I just don't know how to move it any higher. Yeah. And so, and so taking the time. So with that, I think it's a perfect transition into actually diving into some specific practices within the yes. practices. Hey, a good book is a good book. I don't care how old it is. <laughs> You know, the content and the value it provides does not change. Maybe the environment that I'm operating in does, but a be best practice remains a best practice. Yeah. And the very first one, maybe not the most important, I don't think we have a prioritization here, but developing and utilizing a marketing plan for an advisor. To that point, so often we're finding ourselves just head down, moving grinding we're great at sales we're a dynamic speaker we're doing our presentations we're making we're we're just transacting and 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 we're doing it at a very high level but how do i get to this next point within my practice that opens up a whole new world that now i'm at the bottom of that next echelon and and the sky is the limit per se it really does start with with putting it on paper, working on my practice, not just being in the practice 60 hours a week or more. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that as it relates to the book and what the Covenant Group does here with that. Well, thank you for that. Uh, so 
We first wrote the eight best practices in 1997. We wrote it again in 2000. And I'm actually in the process of, of writing uh, a revision to the book. One of the, the points that you highlighted, Scott, is that that we, we are in a in a world where the, we're in constant flux, that the dynamics are such that, that, that change is the only constant. And one example of that is marketing and sales have changed more in the last 15 to 20 years than they did in the prior 100. Mm. So one of the things that when you went through at the eight best practices we talked about is that, that there are traditionally four P's of marketing, product, place, price, and promotion. And those four P's have become four E's. Uh, one of the, uh, the, the CEOs of Ogilvy Mather, I just can't remember his name right now, uh, described this very well. So product has become experience. We live in an experience economy. People don't buy products or services, they buy an experience. So what's the experience you're creating? Place has become everywhere. Uh, the, 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 the internet has, has made boundaries or, or geography less relevant. Yeah. Price has become exchange of value. Ultimately, it's about value. And, and uh, promotion has become evangelism. The best form of marketing is still word of mouth. So one of the key concepts that we focus on in, uh, in, in our work with advisors is triangulation. That when people make decisions, and we're going to get to, to how people make decisions, when people make decisions, they triangulate. They look for three or more sources to validate their in intuition. They might look for five, six, or seven. So traditionally, one of the sources to validate if I'm going to do business with you is word of mouth. I'll ask people I know and trust about you. And if they speak highly of you, that makes all the difference. The second is the internet. When we're introduced to somebody or referred, typically we will Google that person. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that comes up is their LinkedIn profile, if they're on LinkedIn, because LinkedIn spends millions of dollars managing the algorithms on Google so that they come up first. Mm. And so they'll, they'll look at your, your LinkedIn page and they will make an impression, they, they will form an impression based upon what, what they see, your picture, the, the background, the, the layout. But you know, they will also the three games the best advisors play. This is where it becomes very, very important to play your game your way. Exactly. And exactly. all too often we can be so easily distracted by playing another person's game. Yes, exactly. That's right. So you want your LinkedIn profile, your website to really communicate what you're about. So your LinkedIn profile has a profile, and most people write their profile as if it's a resume. Mm -hmm. I did this, I, I, I. People don't care about how great you are. They care about how great you make them. And that's a critical person. So one of the people I would recommend, if you haven't got had a, uh, her on your, your podcast already, is Dr. Deborah Jasper of Mindset Digital, because she's an amazing communicator. Danielle and, uh, wrote that down. Yes. And uh, she, she has helped us 
she's revamped my LinkedIn profile and the other key people. She's helped us on her website. But my point is that those are two critical decision points. People are forming an impression of you even right. before they meet you. So the key to marketing is you have to manage the before, the during, and the after of how you interact with people. And the two key aspects of the before are what people say about you and, uh, and, and the impression you create on the internet. The third part is when people first uh, interact with you. And, and that's, that's really your client attraction conversation. So what's changed, Scott, in the last 15 years is that, that when, when we coached people in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and even into the early 2000s, much of financial services was based upon the power of pursuit, how you pursued people, how you brought them uh, uh, to you. Now it's the power of attraction, how you attract people into a conversation with you. Mm. And the best way to do that is through a personal introduction from somebody who speaks highly of you and the way you attract people through your internet presence, your website, your social media, your media. That's very, that, did it help? No, that's fantastic. You know, it, it's a, it's a wonderful example of time is so scarce today, becoming more and more scarce. Noise is constantly around us more so than ever noise from email noise from phones noise from the inner office noise from clients noise from the internet noise from tv and news channels and everything else so how do i cut out that noise how do i get focused on what matters most within my business uh you know i love that the, the title the quote to this chapter is most of the low performing salespeople spend more time planning their vacations than planning their careers. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and get a marketing plan, people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is, it, it, it is so critical. You know, in fairness, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, I, I would bet many advisors and many just entrepreneurs don't even know how to build a marketing plan. That's right. And so one of the things in Coach on the Go is we have a, a whole process for developing your marketing plan and your marketing system. But to your point, Scott, one of the first things you have to do in, in building your, your marketing plan and your marketing system is get three R's right. Who is the right client? The narrower your focus, the bigger your opportunity. What is the right value proposition? The clarity of your value proposition drives everything. And what is the right exchange of value? What does the client receive and, and what do you derive in return? So let, let me give you a couple of examples. So one is um, an, a, an advisor whom we work with, his name is Dean Harder. And we started working with Dean eight years ago. He was 48 years of age. And in our work, we look to align three elements that are critical to achieving and sustaining high performance, intention, process, and measurement. So intention, as you know, comes from the same root as desire, plan, aim. It is an indication of what a person plans to do. And in, in our initial uh, 
work with Dean in identifying what he was looking to achieve over the next one, five, 10 years or more. He was 48 and he and his wife, Jackie, live in Indiana. Their youngest child was going off to college and they were about to become empty nesters. And they had a desire to have a home in Florida and spend half the year or five months of the year in Florida. You can probably figure out which five months and yeah. the balance in, uh, in, in Indiana. And, and so he wanted to design his business consistent with his life at that stage. He wanted to thrive. He wanted to work less and, and work differently. And so we, we put a process in place to bring that about and measurement. Now, what, what's interesting from a marketing point of view about uh, Dean is Dean had always worked remotely. Uh, Dean uh, was, is a Minnesota farm boy. He grew up in, in Minnesota and then they, they, they transitioned to Indiana, but he had clients all over the Midwest. But living in Florida four to five months of the year, he wanted to structure his business. So it didn't matter where he was, he could interact. So even before the pandemic hit, he was already working online. Mm. And when the pandemic hit, his business didn't miss a beat. But the interesting thing about uh, what Dean did is, I, I mentioned earlier that one of the key principles we teach is the narrower your focus, the bigger your opportunity. And what Dean decided was that he wanted to narrow his focus. And first and foremost, from a marketing point of view, he wanted to focus on the pre-retiree and retiree market because that, that as you know, is a huge market uh, in America. Very wide. And it was also people he could relate to. He was 48 years of age. So his clients were typically between 45 and 60 pre-retirees. They might be uh, executives or senior people in a company, or they might be uh, entrepreneurs, but they were planning to retire or they had already made that transition into retirement because it, when we started working together, Dean had already been in the business 16 years. So his focus was very narrow on helping people prepare for retirement and live a financially secure retirement. So everything that Dean does from a marketing point of view is oriented towards his ideal client. So first question you have to get right is who's the, the ideal client? His ideal client is five to 15 years from retirement. The second question is what is the right value proposition? The clarity of your value proposition drives everything. So Dean has mastered his value proposition. So let's say uh, Dean runs into a prospect of clients, somebody between 45 and 60. They, they, he, he goes for a walk with his wife, Jackie. They run into a, a, a couple they know at, at a, an ice cream parlor that they stopped at. The couple are with another couple. Dean gets introduced to the, to the other couple. He and the other gentleman get into a conversation and the other gentleman says to him, Dean, tell me, what do you do? It's a question people always ask. And most advisors, surprisingly, don't have a very good answer for that. Right. Saying I'm a financial advisor doesn't cut it. Right. Dean always responds the same way. He always says, glad to answer that question, Scott. But before I do, would you mind my asking, uh, tell me about you. 
what or actually sorry before, before he says he says would you mind my asking do you plan to retire someday now people answer in one of three ways yeah i can't wait no at, i'm going to get carried out with my boots still on that's me right uh, or um i don't know if they say i don't know it's usually they don't know whether they can retire or not they don't know whether that whether they can do so financially but if the person says yeah i plan to retire someday dino say well tell me what's your retirement dream look like uh and so sometimes people will talk for one minute or 20 minutes about that and then when they come back and uh they say to dean what do you do dean always answers the same way see the first thing people want to know about what you do is why you do what you do most people tell what they do and how they do it. People want to know why. So Dean says, I love helping people. I love helping people like you five to 15 years from retirement move from the majority to the minority. You see, most people don't realize how perfectly everything has to align so that they can live their retirement dream. And for most people, Scott, it doesn't align. So they end up disappointed in retirement. I'd love to show you how we work to help people realize their financial dream. Now, eight out of 10 times, usually nine or 10 out of 10 times, you say, I'd love to learn more about that. So you see, in marketing, you have to attract people into a conversation. Now, you attract them before you ever meet with them by the things you do to triangulate. And then you typically have one to five minutes to create the right impression. People are rationalizing rather than rational. They yeah. form an impression of another person within the first 30 seconds to three minutes of meeting them. That impression is either positive or negative. If it's negative, you've got an uphill battle. If it's positive, they're predisposed to learning more and engaging with you. Yeah, it's That's the art of marketing. You know, that approach, it, it, it's, it's um, very eloquently, strategically creating a little bit of drama streak, you know, uh, with, with with intrigue, which the end result is the attraction, right? I love that. That's that's a fantastic story, and kudos to him. So I, I've I've developed and utilized a marketing plan. We've got that. I've checked that box. I know my client. We discussed that a little bit. You just yes. did. Now, which is my favorite topic, which is psychological, behavioral, and the behavioral finance, and really understanding how people make these decisions, which really boils down to you know three crucial realities that in your book you cite as the hidden truths yes and these truths are number one all decisions are value-based number two all decisions are confident based confidence based and number three all decisions are risk-based so let's talk a little bit about that and i would argue too with just the age of information technology and everything that we're dealing with in today's world that is forever changing at a rapid pace uh, not that those have, ch not that those are any different, but they've certainly evolved. Absolutely, no, they, 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 there's no question. So a value is a thing or condition we consistently act upon to get and to keep. A value is a vector, a direction with a force. And the two most important indicators of what people value are how they spend their time and how they spend their money. And one of the keys to to success as an advisor or in life is really identifying what is it people value? What's important to them? So for Dean, he's a good example. His clients value being able to retire financially secure and independent. 
that's what they value. And when he touches on that, that, that that's the key motivation. All decisions are confidence-based. And one of the ways you establish confidence is through the power of triangulation. It's what people say about you. Right. That's why word of mouth is the best form of marketing. It, it's, um, it's your website. I'll, I'll give you a, a personal example. Uh, you know, I, I'm still passionate about this work and, 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 and still love it, even after six decades. So there's a number of aspects to my role in the Covenant Group, one of which is coaching. And, and I get to coach elite advisors, and, uh, and, and that's a real privilege. And about two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with uh, an elite advisor whom I coach, and he said, I've got a, a client I want to introduce you to. He's one of the top uh, people in real estate in the US. He's created over $300 million of net worth in the last five years. And, uh, but he really needs your help because he is really strung out. And uh, so he sent an email introduction and within 20 minutes, the individual that he introduced me to sent a response saying, uh, no, I'm really excited about a conversation. So what that led to was a conversation, Scott. My, my office set up a call and when I uh, open up a call, I always start with the same line. There's two principles of influence, getting back to uh, uh, how people make decisions. Two principles of influence. Principle number one is focus on the other person, make them the center of the experience. Mm -hmm. And principle number two is you earn the right to proceed. Buying is a series of micro decisions and you wanna move people through each of those decision points. Mm -hmm. So we start by asking what would make our call today or our time together today valuable for you. And he said, Jordan has spoken so highly of you, I need a coach. Now that's actually a pretty good line to start with uh, yeah. when, when uh, you've just been introduced to somebody. That's a so pretty I, solid word of mouth endorsement right there. Yeah. So I said, well, tell me about you. Now we had a, we had a, we had a 30 minute call scheduled. He took 21 minutes to tell me his story, fascinating story about his success. Mm -hmm. At this point in time, the call started at 9.30. It was now 9.52. I had eight minutes. I, I spent three minutes telling him what we do, and uh, he's now a client. Mm. That's typically how the relationships that we get involved with evolve. So if you know how to open, you don't have to close. That's a key lesson. That's one of the, the key principles we teach in marketing. Don't don't it, don't sell. Don't oversell. We talk too much. We talk too much about I, me. Yeah, yeah. And and not being inquisitive and really being vested in our clients' lives and people that we come across. That's a very valuable uh, instruction for sure. And just on that note, there are four key guidelines. In, in terms of um, of marketing. One is what you know about them. That's why the narrow your focus, the bigger your opportunity. We've worked with thousands of advisors at, at every level. The second is the questions you ask. And it gets back to your point about when you ask questions about what they value, 
when when you've already established confidence, you don't you don't have to demonstrate social proof. You don't have to talk about yourself. That's already been established. And then the third area, and that this is when it people are first motivated to avoid loss. And what's interesting in our work is we're already working with successful people. So it's not about their, uh, you know, they, they, they need to meet next month's mortgage. The loss for them is the loss of opportunity. It's mm. the loss of potential. It's the loss of realizing the fullness of their capabilities in work and in life, thriving in every area of their life. And, and so the quest, but that has to come from them from them highlighting where their where the the missed opportunities lie. Yeah, it's interesting too, you know, you think about just individuals and where individuals spend their time and where they spend their money tells you an enormous about not only them as a human being, but also it exposes their values, their motivations in life and that's an important part of understanding how your clients make decisions and how they're going to make decisions absolutely. in the relationship and the value that you're providing them. You're absolutely right. P people get focus on value and, and value is rooted in, in motivation. Yeah. It's also important. It's interesting to, uh, because motivation is a very powerful thing as well, right? So understanding what, motivates people what motivates you what motivates your clients it it uh that's going to drive them as well to make decisions right it 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 all it's all based on motivation and getting to to what what really uh is important in someone's life and it's not about doing missionary works not trying to convince someone of the efficacy of something they don't believe in or, or is not important Find yeah. the people who are motivated to do, you know, Dean, Dean's clients are motivated to retire. You know, one of the lessons that Dean had early in his career or actually early in his work with us when he was that he, he, he went to see somebody and and, thought, and and the client said, what do you do? And he started telling him about he helps people prepare for retirement. And after 15 minutes, the client said, Dean, that's a great story, but I don't plan to retire. Uh, you know, my dad's 83, he's still working. He's my hero. I'm, I'm never going to retire. And Dean was flummoxed. <laughs> That's why he asks now, do you plan to retire someday? If the person says, I don't plan to retire, then Dean switches to another conversation. Yeah. You know, it. all of that is so, so important in, in the process of expanding my business and our reach and, and really becoming who we want to be and how what we ultimately want to achieve. You know, it, Moving on to the next one that I want to touch on with the few minutes we have here is really delegation. We could probably spend an hour on this alone. Yes. And it's one of those that's just seemingly so black and white. Uh, easy, very easy to kind of just throw out there as a requirement. I know I need to delegate. But actually relinquishing those control or taking the time out of my practice to empower those, you know, that's a hiring. It's a training. Yeah. It's, it's, we talked a little bit about this before, a J curve. It's really being willing and succumbing to the fact that if I'm going to take my practice to the next level and, and not, and get off this hamster wheel, right? 
frantically running from one meeting to the next and doing everything I can just haphazardly, it requires delegation, easier said than done. So let's talk a little bit about that. We, I mentioned uh, in, in our work, Scott, there are four cornerstones, strategy, structure, systems and processes, financial management. We define strategy as the alignment of three elements. What are the outputs, objectives you want to achieve? What are the capabilities and resources you have to realize them? And what are the opportunities and challenges the environment provides? So I'll go back to Dean Harder. When we started working together, Dean wanted to work less, not more. So today, Dean works 160 days a year. He works 108 of those days client-facing, and the other 52 are in other aspects of his business. But what he's really focused on at this stage in his life, because he's now 56, is quality of life mm -hmm. and, and thriving. So uh, structure is defined as a system of roles, role relationships, and policies that define accountability and authority. What are you accountable for in your practice? What are other people accountable for? And this is where we really get to the infinite game. Because in, in order to raise the level of your performance, you have to raise the level of your gaze. You have to focus on only doing what only you can do and, and assigning tasks and delegating functions to other people. So Dean has a wonderful uh, uh, assistant, Jane, or associate actually, and what, Dean has done is delegate more and more to Jane. She basically runs his calendar. Uh, so she handles all the administrative and operational side of the business. Paige handles the marketing. So he has two key resources. But the other thing that Dean has done, because Dean is what we would describe as an income producer. There's two types of entrepreneurs, income producers and business builders. Income producers are looking to to uh, express their unique ability, to focus on only doing what only they can do and, and doing it optimally. Dean doesn't want to build a big organization. He wants to help people achieve financial security and independence in retirement. So he wanted to keep his, wants to keep his business small. So in addition to having Jane and Paige, he's created an ecosystem around him of external resources that are the scaffolding that's raised the level of this game. Mm -hmm. So in the first uh, three years that we worked together, he increased his business 300%. Now he's continued to grow it, but he, he's not interested in, in, in growing his business much more than he already has. What he's looking at now is more and more free time and, and, and expressing himself differently. So the, the, the key to delegation is first, recognizing that optimally that as you grow you do fewer and fewer things and you delegate more and more and that you focus on working at the highest level of your capability the challenge in entrepreneurship is you have tasks that are worth 20 to 30 dollars an hour and you have tasks that are worth a thousand to twenty five hundred dollars an hour Mm -hmm. And if you choose to do the 20 to $30 tasks, that takes away from the 500 to $1,000, $2,500 tasks. Dean only does what only Dean can do. He, he delegates everything else. That's so interesting. I, if we could take away just the fact within this segment, 
only focus and work on the things that only I can do is a wonderful goal to uh, work towards. The other thing, it's interesting in our business, and many times the hood ornament of, of my status is not just income, but also I just work, I work so hard. Whereas I would argue the, the, the ultimate in life is running an optimal practice and having time to spend with my family, having work-life balance, whatever my passions are in life or however I gain true fulfillment out of not just my profession. Yes, hopefully we all love what we do and that we have this wonderful blessing and privilege to help people uh, retire with dignity. But at the same time, I, you know, I do also have personal interests and uh, ideally wouldn't I be able to accomplish that? You know, when we had one of our, uh, let's close with this because we are running out of time. Even you, I would imagine are quite a busy individual, but you talk to me about how you make time out of your day to accomplish specific physical metrics that you track. Touch a little bit on, you know, with your steps and your physical time and your outdoor and all that. I love that. Yeah, that's great. So, so first and foremost, that most of us, most successful people in America today are immigrants to wealth. They didn't grow up wealthy. They didn't grow up with necessarily with models of success. So we all have to learn what, what makes for a fulfilling life. So one of the things I mentioned earlier is that, that only do what only you can do. And you have to structure that in your business life and in your personal life. So for example, I'm just going to start with personal life. So, uh, you know, my wife is a professional she's a psychotherapist. And so she lived, she's lived a very busy life. She's now in the process of retiring. So one of the decisions we made a long time ago is we would get a housekeeper. I only have two jobs at home. One is to take the garbage out on actually this morning, Tuesday morning. I usually take it out Monday night if I'm, if I'm home, if I'm not traveling, which I haven't been in the last little while. In and our second, house, we call that a blue job. <laughs> a man job you know and the second the, the second job i have scott is to change the, the the light bulbs in our house now we live in a house that has 11 foot ceilings so i'm six four so that's how i got that job but i bought twenty thousand hour uh, led lights so i don't have to change them very often so i've simplified my personal life and and so my focus in my personal life is on self and health, family and relationships. Those are my priorities. In my business life, I only do what only I can do. So I coach because that, that's what I'm passionate about. I'm responsible for the strategy for our business and I have input to program and product development and, 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 and talent pool development, but I'm not responsible for either of those. And, and I have a role in, in rainmaking, doing this kind of work, mm-hmm. but I'm not responsible for marketing. I have two responsibilities, and that's the way I like it. Those are the things I'm good at. So you have to, the, the narrow your focus in every area of your life, the bigger your opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I, I get up early, and I have a health and lifestyle coach. Every day I get a program from him because I'm committed to optimally being fit. So the, one of the first things I do is I work out. I walk at least 12 to 15,000 steps a day. I work out five days a week because in my work, you need a lot of energy. Yeah. 
I have my day very structured. Uh, I, I, I had a, a new client reach out to me and I was on, we were doing a Zoom call. And before he came on the call, I was looking at my calendar and he looked at it and said, holy smokes, I've never seen a calendar that full before. Whose calendar is that? I run a very tight schedule. There's some weeks when I have 35 to 40 meetings. Wow. But I love what I do. Yeah. I'm passionate about it. And what I know is you have to manage recovery. So I sleep well, I eat well, I manage my mindset, and, uh, and, and I manage my calendar to only do what only I can do. And not just business. I would imagine if it's not on your calendar, it will not happen. That's right. It doesn't happen. Business, no. whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's all it, the whole week is pretty, pretty much disciplined. But I, I, I have a fair amount of free time, and I probably spend yeah. fifteen to twenty hours a week reading or, or doing things because that's what I like to do. That's that's wonderful. I love that. I have set a goal to read twelve. One a month, 12 books this year. I'm on pace, which is really good. I just finished reading uh, Pitch Anything. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oren Clark, very yeah. interesting book, very psychological. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could dive into that on the next show. That would be awesome. So let me just leave uh, the audience with, with one reference. You mentioned our, our website, covenantgroup.com. We have another website. At mybusinessbuilderacademy.com, my www.mybusinessbuilderacademy.com. If you go to that website, there are case studies, there are videos, but also there's my my book, The Business Builder, that you can download digitally. So you mentioned you haven't read that, so please go to that, uh, Scott, and uh, and download it because that book has real advisors that we've worked with. The advisor that I started out by saying he's grown his his uh, revenue from eight point seven million to two hundred million is in that book. That's fantastic, and I will add to the audience. So, with that, you can digitally download the book, and if you're interested, I can show you how to um, run the book from an audio basis. So, even though it might not be an audio book, you can dictate it through specific software while you're in the car, the university and educational platform on the go. So there's no excuses. There's no excuses. Norm, thank you. This was fantastic. Scott, thank you. Very, very informative. Uh, I would say we were somewhat optimized in our discussion and uh, look forward till next time. Well, I'm honored that, uh, that after all these years, we're still connected and uh, really appreciate uh, the time. So thank you, Scott. It's a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah, same here. All the best.